Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare Lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsin the sports betting network Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Got a lot to cover over the course of the next two hours. Excited to have you with us, especially with the big Thursday night football game upon us. And I, I say big, Michael. I'm going to use that term loosely a little bit because we talk about God oh, giveth and he taketh away, right? Big. He gave he gave us he gave us playoff baseball over the last couple of days, but all of those ended up in sweeps. So, you know, take that away. Then he gives us Thursday night football in the NFL on our screens, but he taketh away, giving us a matchup between the Bears and the Commanders. So how we do so many good storylines, though, Stormy. <laughs> great. I'm doing great. I think I'm excited for the game. The great storylines, you know, uh, I think to me. Both franchises with coaches that are really going to be examined by their front offices after the season based on how they do. Historically, we're seeing, as we talked about yesterday, how bad the Bears have been historically. I mean, it's 14 games of giving up 33 points, not having a win. Uh, people talk about, you know, the Bears are typically a patient organization. True. Mark Trespin lasted two years, but he did get fired and has a far better record than what Matt Eberflus has delivered so far after basically 21 games. So there's so much to talk about. How good are they? How good are the Bears? Washington was supposed to be good on defense, Stormy, and they're not. They're not. They haven't played well. They can't stop the run. If, this, if there ever was a game that the Bears could at least move the ball consistently without having to rely on on their quarterback, this is the game because they've been able to run the football. But can they block them, right? Can they block them? I said this on the podcast. Justin Fields is 5-24 and 24 straight up in his career. He's 8-20 and 20 against the spread. He has the, he's the lowest ATS win percentage of any NFL quarterback over the last 20 years. And when the opponent has scored for more than 20 points, he's 20-0 and 0 against against he's 0 for 20 mm. all of his wins when the opponent scores less than 20 
And the way that we talk about this game, I mean, it's it's two defenses, honestly, that have been bad. And the commanders, of course, we expect them to be better. We expect them having a head coach Mm -hmm. in Ron Rivera, who's a defensive guy and Jack Del Rio there and first round picks all over that defense that you have success on that side of the ball. But talent has not translated to good for whatever reason. Uh, The line on the game, by the way, this one opened. Washington is a four point favorite at home, was very quickly bet heavy Washington got all the way as high as seven some places. And we have seen a little bit of buyback been sitting at that six largely for the last 24 hours. Total ticked up a little bit from 43, 43 and a half to now 44 and a half. And for me, Michael, like I I know that the total has been bet up, but I still get the feeling that this is going to be an over game. That was the first bet I fired on in this one tonight, just because of Mm -hmm. what we're talking about with these defenses, both give up a ton of points through four games. Both teams are allowing over 30 points per game. I know we don't normally think of these offenses as particularly like electrifying, but opportunity to strike in this situation, Justin Fields, we saw through two, three quarters last week that, you know, maybe there is that little bit of spark and with Washington struggling on that side of the ball could be opportunity and Sam Howell for, you know, as the touchdown to interception ratio hasn't necessarily been there. He he's been pretty good. He led the commanders to a 31 point performance against the Eagles last week. He showed up in a number of instances and has been playing better, I think, than maybe some of the numbers would suggest. So I just feel like we're going to get points in this game. I don't know how either one of these defense necessarily slows anything down. I definitely think we're going to get points, you know, and I think the way Sam Howell played last week is admirable. When you consider this now, I mean, in four weeks, in four weeks, he's the most sacked quarterback only behind, only behind David Carr at Houston. Mm -hmm. Carr was sacked, was sacked more than him. I mean, it's really remarkable. It really is remarkable how often he's been sacked. And so, you know, it's unfortunate. It really is. I mean, Carr was sacked 27 times in 05. He was sacked 26 times in 03. And Howe's been sacked 24 times. Like, nobody cares about (laughs) protecting the quarterback, you know? And so this guy's taking a beating. And but he can move the football. Look, this Bears secondary is beat up, right? They have all sorts of. They had to sign Deron Harmon from the practice squad at Baltimore, who wasn't even in their system. They had to sign him to play free safety because with Brister being hurt, and they've already lost Eddie Jackson. They're down to nobody. They'll probably dress him tonight and try to put him on the field. Like this secondary for the Bears is a problem. They don't rush the passer well, and so now if Howe has time. With McLaurin and Samuels and 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 their other Dotson, they should move the football effectively. Well, and and that was going to be kind of my follow up with Sam Howell. Like, yes, he has been sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL to this point through four games. But I don't know if the Bears can take advantage of that. They have just two sacks so far yeah. on the season. Their defense as a whole, two sacks, just two picks, no fumble recoveries. And they have, to your point of safety, oh, yeah. and a corner out, and maybe another DB out. So it's like they uh, they yeah. just have so many things working against them on that side of the ball. No question, they do. And, and you know, look, they signed Ndokwe, uh, you know, because they're all he's going to give us pass rush. He's got one sack, right? And 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 on the other side... Chase Young, he has four quarterback hits in two games, doesn't have a sack, right? And so, like, we're, they were counting on it. Washington can't stop the run, though. Washington gives up 4.5 per carry. They've given up 120 points in four games. The last three games have given up over 30 points. But they will not be outdone. 
They will not be outdone because the Bears have given up 33 points on this 14-game losing streak per game. 33 per game. So, to me, I agree with your overplay. This is one, if you're Josh Harris, the owner of the Washington football team, you're going to the stadium tonight. You're going. You expect you should win this game. Yep. Your defensive line should dominate the front of the Bears, which is playing not a very good line. They don't really have a way to challenge you in the passing game. You got to play the run. You got to play the one back quarterback runs, and you should be able to get the game and throw the football against a very bad secondary. And your offensive line won't be challenged like it has been over the course of the year. Yeah, I get the feeling that this is this is the commander's game to lose in this spot. This is a real opportunity for them to establish that they are better than they've shown through four games. And I I, I know same game teasers and teasing totals isn't usually a very popular thing. People don't like it. But that's something I was even contemplating tonight, bringing the commanders down to a pick them and the total down to 38 and a half and then taking the over at the smaller number. Thursday night football. I know primetime unders are a thing. Ten and four to the under this season around 60% for the last five years. But again, these defenses are so bad. All four bears games this season so far have gone over the total seven and three to the over the last, the the 10 road games that Matt Eberflus has been a head coach for the Chicago bears. Washington's also gone over two of their last three. So I feel like a lot of things are trending in that direction. And I feel like this number could continue to maybe get a little bit higher before we get to kickoff. We are going to cover this game from all angles. We'll have some prop betting opportunities. We'll discuss a little bit later on in the show. We'll also hear from beat writers for both perspectives. We have JP Finley, who works for NBC um, Washington and get his perspective in our two. Patrick Finley, the Bears reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times and betting perspective as well from Mike Somich in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, God, I'm overpowered by names here, Michael. We have Two Michaels, two Finleys, and a Stormy walk into a bar. So it's, you know, fun, fun, <laughs> fun names that we have there. But let's turn our attention here real quickly away from Thursday Night Football to the other big news of the day. Jonathan Taylor, for the first time since, uh, what, April, I guess, that he last spoke, we heard from him as he gets back onto the field this week off of the physically unable to perform list. His window is open. Here is what he had to say in his first media availability. I don't think it, it matters on if I'm saying I'm committed or not, because I'm here. I mean, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. Um, and, and right now I'm here and my, my number one goal is to really attack this first practice. It's been over 290 days, I believe. I mean, I mean, when you're, when you're not doing what you love, you're going to, you're going to notice it. Um, so it's been over 290 days. So my main goal has been to attack this first day. Yesterday was a walkthrough. So today is the, I guess, second first day. Yeah, so the first time that he's talked since his trade request, the question to him was asking if he's committed. And I think the big takeaway, at least from that snippet, is if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. So he wants to be out there with his team. First time in pads going out there today. And and he's smiling. He looks a lot happier than he has in the picture that we saw him look so discontented. (laughs) Uh, I, I think it's a good sign. I mean, obviously... When you go out there and you go to the world and you decide to determine your value and it comes back with really no value, uh, not because of of him, but because of the situation, I, th- I think it kind of can humble you a little bit. And he looks like the kid that we saw talked about, I signed my name on the paper and I'm going to play like I am. I think that's the only choice he has. It's the old, he's back to the old Stephen Stills thing. Love the one you're with. You better love this one because it, it, the only thing that you can control is yourself. 
And if he can go out and play well, there'll be a huge market for him. He'll make, he'll all of a sudden flip who has the leverage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, now he'll put the Colts in a tough position. And with this offense, the way it's going, and he's watched Anthony Richardson play over the first, you know, the first game and then game four, having missed two games, I think he's got to feel like, okay, we got a pretty good team. We get this line going a little bit with me in the backfield, along with Moss to take some of the pressure off me. And with this quarterback, we got a really good chance. So, you know, and it's a big time game. I mean, look, let's face it. The, this rivalry between Tennessee and Indianapolis, you know, the, the, the Titans have dominated over the last five games. This is, this is a time for the Colts to kind of make a statement. They haven't won a home game yet, Stormy. Yeah. And he said, you know, health has been his main goal throughout this process. He called the contractual issues an off-season thing. He's focusing on playing that division rival in the Titans and knowing how important this one is for their team. Shane Steichen also said that he's been a part of meetings. He's been involved. He's caught up on the game plan. Just a matter of, you know, first time actually being on the field in this new side of things, taking handoffs from the first time from your new quarterback. So uh, a lot of excitement with him back on the field and a lot of excitement here on the Lombardi line. We're just getting started. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsin the sports betting network become a vsin pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests you also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport matchup event date and more check the top vsin experts leaderboard to view betting records profit and roi see which vsin expert has the hot hand for recent pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up for just $19 for your first month at vsin.com slash subscribe. 
Welcome back here to the Lombardi line. As I mentioned off the top of the show, numerous times throughout the course of the next couple hours, we will continue to delve into all things Thursday night football. We got some best bets from Mike Somich, professional handicapper and Beeson host coming up in about 15 more minutes and breakdowns from beat reporters for both the Chicago Bears and Washington Commanders. But Michael, now that we are kind of into that first quarter and beyond of the NFL season want to reestablish maybe some teams who in the futures markets have made the most changes, some movers and shakers. And our guy, Harry Gagnon, who joined us yesterday and every week here on the Lombardi line inspired us maybe a little bit with his Goldie locks mm. uh, cartoon <laughs> yesterday, because what we're going to do as we look at these different teams is say, if the movement has been too much, not enough or just right. So, Let's start with the Miami Dolphins here, Michael. They are three and one straight up and ATS loan loss, of course, to the Buffalo Bills this past weekend. Tua has been great. The offense has been great. Defense certainly has some flaws, but look at this movement in the AFC East. They've gone from three to one to plus 110. They were at one point minus 160 favorite, but Buffalo has since reclaimed that top spot in the division odds board for the AFC from 12 to one to plus 475 Super Bowl all the way down from 25 to one to 10 to one and their season win total has ticked up two wins from nine and a half to 11 and a half. Is this too much movement, not enough, or just right for the way Miami has played? You know, I think on the Super Bowl, it's too much, but I think on the wins, it's probably just right, right? I think there's a little bit there, but I do think there's an overreaction to Miami because when you break this game down, when you break any game down with Miami included in it, the numbers for what they do defensively are really bad, Stormy. Mm-hmm. They're really bad. And, and and you can't deny it. I mean, I I fully expected them to be better defensively, and maybe they will be when Jalen Ramsey comes back, but so far they have not been. I mean, Xavier Howard has seven penalties already in four games. Like, he's a penalty weight. If you go, people say, well, you don't go after Howard. Yeah, you do, You because you're going to get a penalty. <laughs> you got a chance to get a penalty against him, and then they can't cover anybody else. So Vic's in a little bit of a bind. I mean, Van Ginkle's been their best rusher. We haven't heard from Bradley Chubb all year. And when you look at their number, points per play defensively, 28th. Third down defense, 24th. Red zone defense, 28th. Punts punts forced per game, 25th. Fourth quarter defense, 27th. So I think it's a real issue. Yeah, so then it's like, thank goodness that you have the offense producing at the level that you do so that you can survive the defensive issues. Exactly. And so, look, the offense, here's what I've said all season. If you get him into a third down game, now Buffalo got him into 10 third downs. It's hard to do it now because they're so good. And when two is throwing the ball with no one around them and the pocket's clean and he's got that extra time to make that throw, hard to stop. But if you can make it a third down game and get some and get some in the in the paint pressure like Buffalo did last week, and set the edge on both sides. Buffalo played a lot of cover two that was a really a, a, man, a cover four scheme, but they would set the edge on both sides. And they always would try to bring pressure to Tua's left because they wanted to stop his rollouts. So they did a great job. But if you get a third down game on them, they're 20th in the league on third down conversions. That That's not something you would expect. Where they get you is this, this explosive play, these big plays. And how do you stop them? I mean, that's the challenge Martindale has this week. Well, we'll see for um, for Miami as far as the defensive side of the ball goes. Uh, these next two weeks against 
pretty lackluster offenses. As long as you can keep them in a bottle, I think that'll reestablish a little bit of confidence from the Miami side there. But I, I like your perspective on the team overall. How about the Detroit Lions, a team that had a ton of hype coming into the year? They're 3-1 and one straight up and ATS, the lone loss in overtime to the Seattle Seahawks. They're allowing the fourth fewest yards in the league on a game-to-game basis defensively in a top 10 scoring offense. As far as the numbers changes in the NFC North, they were the preseason favorite at plus one. 40, now minus 225 for the NFC. Just a slight shift, plus 950 to plus 850. Super Bowl 25 to 1 to 18 to 1. And their season wins have ticked up to 10 and a half. Well, I, I think it's just right. I think the movement's just right. You have to acknowledge it, right? You have to say they're better than I expected them to be defensively. You cannot run the football on them. The front's really good. Their front is excellent. Hutchinson is rushing the passer well. He's getting pressure on the quarterback. Their inside tackles are really good. They pick guys up off the street and they've developed them. This is a good front seven defense. And if you and if you playing in a dome, it makes it even more difficult. And they dominated Green Bay. And I think when you look at the Vikings, you know, I was doing stuff for the show today to get ready. And you know, we you and I kid about uh, we kid about Kevin O'Connell's mm-hmm. luck, right? You know, when we go through it and, you know, God, he's the luckiest coach in the league. I mean, this year they fumbled eight times. They've lost seven fumbles. Okay. Last year they fumbled 18 times for the season. They only lost eight. Mm. Luck sometimes gets you. Luck runs out, Michael, and people that yeah. go to the casino. Which is why know I think Detroit's going to win it. I, yeah. I think Detroit's going to win it. That, that was my point. With Br- I think Detroit's going to win it. Yeah, And the numbers show as much where things sit right now. Do you see Goff, by the way, talking a little trash to the Amazon Prime crew on Thursday night? I love that because I guess I don't know if it was Ryan Fitzpatrick or Andrew Whitworth who made the comment that he's a poor man's Matt Ryan, but that he was clapping back. I love that. You don't usually see that kind of mentality from Goff. I know, but Goff is like, I I mean, I think he's one of the best players in the last year against the spread. Now, this line's gone crazy with, yeah. with Detroit and Carolina up to 10. Yep. I, I don't know how you take Detroit. I think this is one of those where you, you just – but Goff against the line has been outstanding. He's been really good. I mean, he's been one of the best quarterbacks, you know, with against the line of anybody. I've got it in my notes here. I, you know, it's just he's been remarkable. So I don't know how you can argue with him. He's been really playing well and, you know, and – and even though they've never really been this much of a favorite, he he's been outstanding. You got to give you got to give this team yeah. credit. I, I doubted them, but here's the thing we talk about too: they've controlled the ball 33 minutes of offense. Their defense only plays 27 minutes. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And Michael, I think part of how you talk about Jared Goff and the Lions as a whole kind of being a team that's been doubted, they've also been underdog in a lot of roles. And so I think that's definitely helped from the cover point of things with this week, with them being such a big favorite. uh, It's a different role for them in a lot of ways. We saw that against Seattle too, where they were in the favorites role. So how will that translate to the field? We'll have to wait and see. Another team with a quarterback in a new place that has had success. How about Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Michael? three and one winning outright on the road as a four point or more underdog in two of those games, lone loss and no cover to the Philadelphia Eagles. But in the NFC South from six to one to plus one sixty five favorite, the NFC 60 to one, 40 to one Super Bowl, 90 to one to 71. They're 
win total updated three games from six and a half to nine and a half. Is it warranted too much, not enough, or just right? I think it's too much. I'm I'm not sold on it. I mean, I think what Baker's done a good job when you watch the tape, he's made loose plays. He's kind of gotten out himself out of trouble, and, and he's been able to do it. But last week, their defense carried the day. Really, it did, because Carr refused to throw the ball up the field. I mean, Kamara had led the team in catches. He averaged 2-7 a catch. So that was a problem. Who is the best team in the South? I still don't know. I mean, right now, Tampa, because they seem to be able to beat New Orleans. Uh, but, you know, this is a big game for Atlanta. Atlanta's got to win this one. I think it's too much. I'm not sold. Because when Tampa played Philly, that game was out of hand. So maybe Tampa will be like they were last year. A winner of the division, but no no chance to go any further than that. Michael, you just teed it up. Big game for Atlanta this week against the Houston Texans. But what's your feel on it? Because it's you can't really deny what Houston has done recently. Yeah. Well, you also can't deny that Atlanta's a better home team than they are the road team. And you can't deny that when you watch this game, and if you go back to, uh, you know, Atlanta's got to run the football. If Atlanta can't run the ball, they can't beat anybody. And so for me, that that's probably where you are in this. I mean, the last two weeks, they've only scored 13 points, haven't been able to run the ball. But they can stop the run, which I think will help them make it a one-dimensional game got a rookie quarterback on the road. I know he's playing really well, but I think to me, this is a game where Atlanta, even though everything is going against them, I think Atlanta will run the ball and win. And let's face it. I mean, Ritter is not a great quarterback, but he's a different quarterback in college and he's a different quarterback in the pros at home. And if you do lose this game, as if all the talks about Taylor Heineke are trading for a veteran quarterback haven't been loud enough, they're just going to get that much louder. But I, I like yeah. that you think in an important game, they're going to be able to handle business. Atlanta, a two-point home favorite against the Texans in that one Sunday, total 41. We're going to step aside. We're going to return our conversation to Thursday Night Football in a moment. Mike Somich, professional handicapper, VEASAN host of The Handle, give us his favorite play for the game, as well as some other ones coming up on Sunday. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on VEASAN in the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Looking to be a better, better? Of course you are. That's why you're here. And why tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L, in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It is a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one place, loads your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly a billion dollars in bets from sports bettors all across the country. You can use that data to follow winners, fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice real r-e-e-l absolutely free download juice real to your iphone or android device today and become a better better alongside michael lombardi stormy bonantoni with you back here on the lombardi line on vsin as we welcome in great friend of the show professional handicapper and vsin host mike somich make sure you check out the handle every weekend from four to seven pacific seven to ten eastern alongside matt brown it's on vsin and dk network mike welcome in and uh we were kind of joking about it at the start start of the show this Thursday night football matchup itself isn't like the sexiest thing in the world but there's a lot of interesting storylines a lot of potential betting opportunities what are you looking at between the Bears and Commanders on Thursday night 
schedule is a game you were you were looking forward to before the season. But I think it's a, a really intriguing matchup. The line opened at plus seven for the Bears. We've seen a lot of sharp money come in on the Chicago side, pushed it down to six. Now we're seeing it float back up to six and a half in the market. It's a, uh, a Ron Rivera-led team that's just one in four against the spread when they're laying over four points. So it's so tough to take the commanders, even though they seem like the easy side here in this spot, I do think the commanders have success on offense. So that's where I headed to first. I took the team total over 25 and a half here. This Bears team has given up 25 or more points in 13 straight games dating back to last year. This is a commander's team that we saw have a lot of success through the year last week against the Philadelphia Eagles and that banged up secondary with a better pass rush. They should face less pressure today up front from this Bears front four, and the Bears secondary is awfully beat up. So I, I like the commanders going over their 25 and a half team total. Don't want to take the straight over in this game. We've seen uh, we've seen night games go under here already, 10 and four to the under. So I want to look just at the commanders team total versus the over in general. I also like Samuel quite a bit in this spot. Curtis Samuel, second in receptions right now with 17 for the Washington commanders. He's got 20 targets, but what I love about playing a receiver like Samuel on the over, a lot of his routes are three yards or less from the line of scrimmage. So they're high quality targets when you're talking about receptions. Right now at DraftKings, you can get plus 135 on the over three and a half receptions for Samuel. So I've got that in the account as well. Yeah. And what about the, how about the way Washington can't run the ball? Is there anything in the run game for Chicago you like? I know they set the line for fields high on the over on those props, but to me, if Chicago is going to move the ball, it's going to be on the ground. You'd expect they're going to try and run the ball early. Another reason why I kind of don't want to take the over in the game here. Fields actually hasn't been running as much this season. If you look his week to week stats, he's gone under, I believe, in three of the Mm -hmm. four, all four of the weeks uh, so far in his rushing numbers. I don't think we're going to see him scrambling around a bunch either. The Chicago Bears organization has really tried to force Justin Fields into being a passer. You heard about the press conference a couple weeks back where he was getting so much information. It sounded almost like a golfer who's got all these different things in his head, keep my elbows in, keep my, my back straight, keep my head still, move this foot a certain way. That kind of feels like how he is playing right now, very robotic and trying to have all these voices in his head. At some point, you're expecting him to cut loose. And at that point, I think those running stats will go up. But right now, they're really trying to make him a throw and figure out what they have. And unfortunately for the Bears, before last week, uh, it hasn't been too much. So I, I, I like your approach with the commander specifically. I am somebody that's on the over just because I don't trust either one of these defenses, to be honest, for as much talent as Washington has defensively. The numbers just haven't yielded that talent to this point, averaging 30 points allowed per game. So I, I like your approach more probably with the team total being what it is with Washington, but I'm on the over as well. Uh, I want to ask you about the San Francisco 49ers Cowboys game coming up on Sunday night football, because it's the, the game of the week, certainly, but maybe the game of the year to this point between these two contenders in the NFC, the 49ers are a three and a half point favorite in this spot. We know they've knocked Dallas out of the playoffs each of the last two years. So maybe a little bit of revenge factor from the Cowboys side of things, but who do you think is the better team what are you looking at as you analyze this one when i go down the rosters i think it's about equal from a talent perspective but the big issue here is the head coaching and specifically the red zone offensive issues here for dallas so far this season they have been wildly ineffective and wildly predictable and with their red zone offense so far clicking off at just around 30 percent when they're in the red zone to score a touchdown i think that favors the 49ers in a massive way here it's a 49ers defense that when you are predictable when they understand what's coming they're able to scheme it up and stop you 
And Mike McCarthy just hasn't been very inventive in the red zone so far on the offensive side of the football. That gives me huge concerns about whether or not the Dallas Cowboys are going to be kicking three or going in for seven. And when you have a game like this where points are going to be at a premium, you got to be able to score touchdowns in the red zone. That's something that Dallas has just consistently struggled with. I like the 49ers here laying the three and a half. It's a team that has explosive players. They've got playmakers all over the place. Brock Purdy has played well. I thought he did very well under pressure week one when Pittsburgh got after him early. He was able to move around and shift in the pocket and then find open receivers. And the loss of digs matters quite a bit in this game. I don't think from a season long perspective, there's going to be a ton of games where you're like, oh, you really noticed that Diggs isn't out there. This is one of those spots where they really need that number one cornerback so that they're able to have the advantage of having top one and two cornerbacks against very good one and two options on the outside here for San Francisco. I also like the under in this spot. I mentioned the red zone struggles for, for Dallas. Uh, San Francisco's or Dallas's defense has been very good in the red zone so far as well. I like San Francisco minus three and a half more, but I'll have an under ticket in this one as well. And it's another one of those primetime night games. We talked 10 and four to the under so far this year. I think this one goes under and I think San Francisco covers the three and a half. You, you know, I'm with you on San Francisco. A couple things. I, I think what's really interesting is San, both these teams control the football. That Both these teams adhere to the play less defense is the best way to play defense. And San Francisco controls the ball 33 minutes. The Cowboys control it 34. They're one of the best. Third, they're 51% on third down. I do think I agree with you. With Diggs being out and San Francisco having five eligible receivers that are really good, four of them are the top receivers on their team in terms of catches. I just don't know if there's a matchup you like if Dallas can't get pressure. Yeah, you'd expect either Ayuk or Samuel to have a big game, depending on how they decide to play them, because they're going to be able to get separation on the second and third cornerbacks here from San Francisco. And then you mix in Kittle, you got McCaffrey out of the backfield. The weapons just start piling up on this San Francisco team. And then it's whether or not Brock Purdy can efficiently distribute the ball. And, you know, I wasn't a big Brock Purdy believer coming into the season. But if you have guys who are yard wide open, he can hit them. And that's what he's going to have to do in this game. And the loss of Diggs is going to create more opportunities for them when they do move to that passing game. Yeah, it was one game completion for Brock Purdy last game. And I feel like where at first maybe he was a little bit timid, he's very comfortable in that offense now, getting a little bit swaggy with it too. And to your point to the under, 19-12, to 12, the final in that last matchup um, in Santa Clara when the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys, turned uh, Dak Prescott over twice in that game as well. So you guys are getting me a little bit too excited about San Francisco here. That's my team. I really want them to win this game, but oh, I get, get the anxiety. How about uh, a game that we were talking about a little bit earlier, the Houston Texans and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think that's an important game more so for Atlanta than Houston, but Houston has been showing up and surprised a lot of people here through the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, D'Amico Ryans deserves a ton of credit for what he's been able to do with this team, uh, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Been phenomenal when he's played vanilla-style offenses. We saw that against Pittsburgh last week. If you are predictable against this D'Amico Ryans defense, he's going to stop you. Uh, I played a little bit of plus three here on the Texans when this opened. That line is gone, so I don't want to give that one out. If we ever see a three again, I, I like the Texans plus the points here. But I'll take the Texans team total over 20 and a half in this spot. It's an Atlanta Falcons team that ha has not been as stout as I was hoping for on the defensive side of the football. And I was a CJ Stroud doubter coming into this season. He's been phenomenal. The ability to be able to read and react to defenses, move around in the pocket behind a just decimated offensive line and hit two of his big targets with Collins and with Tank Dell out there. I like the weapons and out in the offensive side, but even more so. This is an Atlanta Falcons team that is coming back from London. And we saw this the last two years when teams returned from London. 
Their defense really, really struggles. That's the side of the ball that just has more issues than the offensive side of the football. I think Houston's going to be able to take advantage of that. And again, D'Amico Ryans gets to play a vanilla offense. I think you're going to see this Houston's de- Houston defense have a lot of success against an Atlanta offense that wants to run the football. They're going to force Desmond Ritter to throw. And when you force Desmond Ritter to throw, you end up getting some short fields because of it because he's going to throw an interception or two. So I'll take the over 20 and a half team total here with the Houston Texans. Real quick, we got about a minute, Mike. The, the, the Hackett Revenge Bowl, Jets, Broncos. <laughs> you like the? You think it's going to be a low-scoring game here? I do. Give me the under. I mean, we just saw 42 and a half with Kansas City and the New York Jets. And now you're giving me 43 and a half with Denver and the Jets. This Jets defense should be able to shut down the Denver offense. And Zach Wilson had an absolutely phenomenal game. Prove to me you can do it again, buddy. I just don't see him being able to go out every single week and and have that much efficiency on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be a low scoring slugfest. I was surprised this one was sitting at that 43 and a half number. I'll take the under. Excellent. As always, Mike, thanks for the time. You got it. Good luck this Thank week, you, guys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. You too. That is our guy, Mike Somich. Follow him on X at Bomb 18 and make sure you check out on VSIN and DraftKings Network, the handle every weekend, 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern. Uh, the Hackett Revenge Bowl. I like that. We need to make sure we shoot that over to branding, get that everywhere. Good stuff. We got to step aside here when we return back to Thursday Night Football from the Bears perspective. Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times will help us break it all down next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here's your host stormy bonatoni on vsan the sports betting network Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook 
The Crown is yours. Alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Tony. You can use that code tonight if you want on Thursday Night Football. The Washington Commander is a six-point favorite, hosting the Bears total 44 and a half. And to help us break down some of the many storylines in this game, we welcome in Patrick Finley, Bears and NFL reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. And Patrick, clearly with this Bears team, a lot needs to change for them to get on the right track. A 14-game losing streak dating back to last season. They're coming off a game where they let up a 21-point lead. And now we're seeing reports that if tonight doesn't go well, potentially that could mean bad things get to worse for Matt Eberflus. How do you feel about tonight? Do you think that this is a situation where, you know, Matt Eberflus is coaching for his job essentially, or if not, what's your feeling on, on when a change might be made? Maybe if they get embarrassed, maybe then it turns into something, but I don't see that happening tomorrow. If it's a garden variety loss, you look around the Bears staff, they don't have anybody they can promote that makes any sort of sense. You got Luke Getzi, the offensive coordinator. Coordinator, He's had one good game out of four. Uh, you have Richard Hightower, the special teams coach. And then you have the defensive coordinator who, wait a minute, that's Matt Eberfeld uh, <laughs> because Alan Williams left mysteriously. So, I, you know, unless they have some sort of weird Jeff Saturday plan uh, waiting in the wings, I just don't see what you gain uh, from firing Matt Eberfeld. It, just, it, it wouldn't make sense me i understand why people would speculate because a 14 game losing streak is a long time i understand that people in chicago are upset but i think uh speculation is just that i i don't think it's anything super credible unless like i said they just get their doors bought off tonight. you know when you look at the bears since the super bowl in 06 that they lost they've made the playoffs three times lost a while two wild cards in a conference game and they've had three, they've had four winning seasons during that time. The last winning season they had, I mean, Lovey Smith got fired after being 10 and six. So, how quick we saw Tressman get fired after two. John Fox got three years and he was uh, 14 and 34 over those three years. So, mm-hmm. how much longer of a rope does Zebra Flus have if you get the garden variety loss today? How long do you think they'll go down this road? And do they think it's a talent issue or a coaching issue in the front office? I think you'd make it to the end of the season. You look at the McCaskies, they've never fired anybody mid-season. Uh, you know, they've, even when they did uh, fire Mark Tressman eight years ago, they said, you know, we wanted him uh, to finish the year and get a fair shake. Uh, so that's, that's what history shows us. Now they have Kevin Warren. He's the old Big Ten commissioner as their new president. Uh, he is the X factor here. He has not been part of door firing. Matt Eberflus isn't his guy. Uh, the GM and and the coach were there when he got here, which is admittedly doing things backwards. So you know, does that does that mean that you know this idea of inertia uh, gets broken because there's somebody else in the building? Maybe uh, you know, last year was a talent issue. You know, they lost their last ten games, and that coincided with them trading Roquan Smith uh, and and Robert Quinn. Uh, you know, they were a really bad football team last year. And I would argue that in the final six weeks, at least they were incentivized to be the worst football team out there. Uh, They really thought that they were giving Justin Fields some help this season. You know, when you look at DJ Moore, who I think is their best player, uh, when you look at, you know, Darnell Wright, the right tackle that they drafted, uh, you know, they're a lot, they were ready to win this season. And the fact that they lost the first four games the way that they did has been really alarming in the in that building and all throughout Chicago as well. 
Well, and Patrick, we asked those questions about Matt Eberflus, and I think a similar framework can be asked about Justin Fields based on what we've seen so far this season and last because there were so high of expectations of him taking positive steps forward. And granted, this past week we saw some flashes, but it was against a a Broncos team that I don't think anybody's writing home about them being a good team right now. So uh, where do you stand on Justin Fields and his future with the organization? I want to be clear that I was not one of those people that was putting Justin Fields' name in the MVP <laughs> Michael will like to hear that. Michael will like to are hear that. Sure? <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure of that? Are you sure? We have oh, a lot of them. I, people are, look, I wasn't even allowed to come to Chicago. People told me, don't, don't even change planes at O'Hare. They told me, don't even change planes at O'Hare. <laughs> that might just be good advice just in general. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, thought, I thought that him upgrading from – you know, a C or C minus passer to a B minus or B passer would be a pretty good accomplishment for them. And I thought that if you could, you know, combine that with Justin's athleticism, that you might have something And uh, you know, that something was not an MVP season by any stretch. And that's something I think I had them going seven and 10. So my expectations uh, weren't lofty uh, for this. I think you've got to play Justin the rest of the year. Uh, you know, if he looks completely lost out there, maybe you reevaluate, but I think he did get, things on track, albeit against a really bad defense last week. I mean, their backup quarterback right now is Tyson Bagent, an undrafted rookie from Shepherd University. Uh, I don't think that playing him uh, gets anything done other than ensures that you're just going to keep losing games. Maybe at some point in the season, that's what they're going to want. But I think in week five, six, seven, I don't think you can do that. Well, I don't think you can either. I think you got to play it through the year, but I think we've seen enough. I mean, his numbers are staggeringly bad. And, you know, whenever an opponent scores over 20 points, the Bears have had no chance to win with him as their quarterback. So to me, I think you got to make that call. And look, everybody says, Patrick, that he played well last week. Okay. And I, I granted, he did. He turned the ball over twice in the fourth quarter. That's why they lost. Yeah. So winning well, and it, Justin haven't gone hand in hand. Well, and since, since Justin was drafted, uh, I was looking this up uh, bright and early this morning at O'Hare Airport. Uh, since Justin was drafted, Bears have the worst passer rating in the fourth quarter, and I think it's in the 50s. I think it's like 57. Nobody else is below 72. So that's not all on Justin. There are some other quarterbacks. Lord knows we remember Andy Dalton uh, playing a little bit for the Bears, but the Bears have been horrible in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, some of that was last year. They they weren't trying to win, and, and I don't know that you can blame a team for not learning how to win with the roster that they had last season. But he's been really bad. I, I'll tell you this. When they decided to make that, uh, that trade, trade the number one pick to the Panthers, the reason they were doing it was because they needed insurance in case Justin was bad. They didn't love Bryce Young. I think if Bryce Young was 6'4", it would have probably been a different story. But as it is, they looked ahead and saw the quarterbacks that were coming in this upcoming draft and figured that if they were bad again, Justin would be gone and they would end up with their choice of two or three pretty good quarterbacks. It, I think that's the way it's looking. That's the way it's looking right now, too. Yeah, and there there certainly are some good ones. And just to further your guys' point about the late game situations, the fourth quarter stats, five of 11, 50 yards, the game ceiling interception and a 21 rating for Fields last game. Uh, as, as far as tonight goes, Thursday night football against the Commanders, how do you think that these two match up? What are your thoughts on the game? Well, I think the wrong team wins the Thursday night game more often than not. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that might be uh, beneficial to the Bears. I, I picked the Commanders by two just because, you know, we haven't seen the Bears win a game since October 24th, far be it for me uh, to project that, that, that that's going to change right away. What I think is going to be super interesting is, you know, they played a defensive line in the Broncos that might have been the worst in football 
uh, last year, at least in the you know bottom three. Uh, they were able to run up the middle. They were able uh, to play physical in a way that they hadn't uh, all season. That's not going to happen against the commanders. The commanders have that front four that is just so amazing. I, I think they're going to have to try and move the ball a different way, play the edges. You know, the way teams have been playing the Bears thus far this season, their edge rushes just wait outside for Justin and, and never crash and just let the Bears hand off up the middle. Uh, I think that's a good way to move the ball in a regular week against this front four, though. I don't know that the Bears offensive line is going to be able to move them very far. I expect a lot of short passes, a lot of stuff in the flat, uh, getting the ball out quickly and getting away from those four uh, really fearsome defensive linemen. Patrick, what's your guess? Give me a win total for the Bears this year. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Um, somewhere between three and four, maybe? I mean, I'd, I have a colleague who says this all the time, and it's absolutely true. Never underestimate the mediocrity of the NFL. <laughs> when you look at the, at the schedule that the Bears have in front of them, and their next two games after this week are the Vikings and the Raiders. Uh, and I'm not saying that the Bears are going to win uh, tonight and then the next two weeks, but they could. It, there's nothing there uh, that says that, uh, that they're absolutely precluded from doing it. I think if they finish with three or four losses uh, and then the Panthers finish or three or four wins and the Panthers finish with three and four wins, I think people in Chicago will be pretty happy. Because I think you'll end up with picks two and three or two and four or something like that. Uh, to me, uh, that would uh, then signal the end of Justin and the start of something new. Now, who is making those decisions? That's a different question. Uh, but that's something I think they'll figure out at the end of the year. Patrick, so appreciative of your time. Enjoy the game. And I'm glad that O'Hare is treating you Thank better you, than it is Michael. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed, allowed to go. To go. In Midway, I can't go Midway either, Patrick. <laughs> Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a day pass if you want to try it out and uh, make sure nobody harasses you. So good. So good. Thank make you. sure you follow him at Patrick Finley on X and all of the great work that he's doing over there at the Chicago Sun-Times covering the Bears. And, and an honest opinion, too, which I think is refreshing because so many times when yes. we're covering teams yes. and we're close to the team, you kind of root for them. But to still be able to have that non-biased opinion, I think is great. Uh, we will return our two of the Lombardi line coming up next and our betting angles for Thursday night football at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 